Hi, and welcome to the second of our Fresh Ears episodes recorded at Media 360 in Brighton. I'm Neil Cowling, the founder of Fresh Air. The marketing industry's great and the good, and the people who were both great and good, met for two days of discussion around the big issues and trends for the coming year, as well as having the opportunity to share their best work. For the first of these special podcast episodes, we're going to start at the end and hear the leaders of campaign discuss their main takeouts from the event. Fresh Air's Director of Content, Michaela Hallam, spoke to both Gideon Spanier, Campaign's Editor-in-Chief and Editorial Director of PodPod, and Maisie McCabe, the UK Editor, in a spare boardroom looking out over the very sunny English Channel. We began with Gideon reflecting on the word everyone was talking about, trust. I would love to just get a take on your thoughts and takeaways from everything that's happened so far. So... The nice thing about Media 360 is, as you said, we're in Brighton and we're here we are. Uh, you, you're, you know, t- telling it well, but really the sun is shining. I'm just turning my hair, there's a <laughs> flag fluttering in the ble- breeze. So it's a really nice place to come because the people who we invite and who, who, who choose to come are the marketers from the brands, the agencies and the media owners. Now, whilst that might seem obvious, they're in Brighton. They're not about to go to their next meeting somewhere else, let's say in London or in Manchester. And they are here to sort of talk and share ideas. And I think the main themes, I'm trying to think what I would highlight. So just because I've just come from doing a panel on it, I think trust and quality of media is really important. And that's a big theme because the brands want a halo effect from advertising next to things that will elevate their brand. Absolutely. Like high quality news or TV or so on. And that that's really uh, been a big theme throughout the two days. Sustainability, and that is in lots of different ways, but I think fundamentally this sense that brands themselves need to behave in a, in a sustainable way. We heard from Diageo and the chief marketing officer, who's called Christina DiSandino, and just talking about how does Diageo, the maker of drinks, say use less water? But also, how can they have um, buy their media to advertise their products more um, sensibly, smarter, use fewer carbon emissions by you know, not wasting so much uh, on unnecessary ads? Uh, th- these are just sort of things I'm saying because I feel like they're important. Inclusion has been an interesting topic because you know there's no doubt that the ad industry as a whole is very sort of skewed to London and it's got quite a lot of issues in terms of the, if you like, representation in a in a way, whether it's male, female at the most senior levels, minority ethnic talent. So that's been another good topic. Good as in good to get it discussed. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to give you two more. Measurement. Measurement's a big issue because if I am an advertiser and I'm buying, I want to make sure that I can sort of have metrics to prove that my advertising is working and we had quite a feisty panel about cross-media measurement um, because essentially advertisers who are represented by ISBA are pushing this new methodology origin and the broadcasters TV being very important at the moment don't want to play so that's a bit of controversy the last thing I'd say is cost of living it's it's a tough time and we had right from ASDA at the start talking about the power of emotional advertising and they you may remember did used elf yes 
and they managed to get Will Ferrell to sign off and the star of Elf, the Christmas movie, in their Christmas ad for last year. And just uh, understanding these are tough times for all of us and for consumers. And at the same time, there are moments when you've got to, the, the, if you like, the numbers alone, you can't, you have to have a moment where if you're with advertising, you need a bit of emotional magic. It feels a lot like the themes that are coming through are all about having a genuine, authentic reflection of the audience that people are talking to and the... the the challenges that the audience is facing, I mean, that's a no-brainer. We're in marketing. We need to understand our audience and be able to talk to them in a, in a way. We had a great conversation with Yorkshire Tea yesterday. Mm. And again, just talking even about how within the territory of Yorkshire, there's a huge responsibility to reflect the incredibly diverse number of accents and many um, components of, of, of Yorkshire as a whole within that brand. So it feels like people are paying really close attention to the audiences and the things that matter at the moment. I think that's true, but I think it's very important that, that for the sake of argument, the marketing and advertising and media industry doesn't talk to itself. Yes. And that's, you know, I think there's, there's, a, there, there's a gap between, uh, in some cases, what people in media think or and behave for that matter, and what the general whole population, which by the way is a patchwork quilt and varies around the country and all that kind of thing, and it, so that's an important thing is trying to have an agenda which reflects what matters to people in media and advertising, but also challenges them to not just say, for the sake of argument, you know, we should all be moving in one direction. We don't want a homogenous view of uh, brands. You know, you want variety. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was interesting, again, talking um, in the Diageo chat this morning about purpose and how much purpose should be reflected in the advertising. And I think some really interesting comments were made in, in that session there as well about that. The last time we sat down together was on the media podcast with Matt Deegan at the Audio Summit. Mm. Um, and we were talking at that point about Ken Bruce leaving Radio 2. Mm. Now, Ray Jar's come out today. Um, and really interestingly... Greatest Hits Radio has put on 1.2 million listeners in today's radio. The really interesting point about that being that that's bef- that the survey was done before Ken Bruce actually even joined the station. It was at the point at which the news had broken. So I find it fascinating that just the news of him leaving Radio 2 to go to Greatest Hits has meant that they've grown over 25% in audience in a quarter. And I just think there's a really interesting conversation about what talent means and how audiences are loyal to talent to kind of continue that conversation that we had back at the audio summit it is an interesting question and i i think from my i'll be honest i've never worked in radio okay so i would need to put my hand up a bit and say i don't think i've got the authority on this one however i've always understood that particularly uh, at breakfast time and in the morning you know a strong personality can make a big difference i also understand that audiences get into habits and then when you break the habit, it can be quite disruptive. And it's quite interesting to take a sort of advertising or marketing view. We just had Peter Field, who co-authored uh, a very famous work called The Long and the Short of It. And I do think that if there's one thing I would say about the sort of radio world, uh, and it applies also to podcasts, is habits are you know really important. And I suppose if your favorite presenter goes, that breaks a habit. Yeah, we talk a lot about habits and ritual and how audio plays into those significantly in people's behaviour. That's a really nice segue, actually, into the fact that we referenced at the start that you're editorial director of PodPod. Um, We're Fresh Air, we make podcasts for brands, and obviously audio is kind of our specialism and our passion. 
we're here at a marketing conference and so um, I'd be remiss not to have conversations about the role that audio plays within overall brand and, and marketing campaigns. You set up campaign pod pod and not campaign radio. What, what was the consideration, the thinking behind that? What, what role do you think that podcasts play that's significant um, in the future of marketing? Well, I mean, uh, first of all, radio and podcasting, clearly there's some overlap. And so I also think setting up a radio station, which I know you're not actually asking me, but setting up a radio station would be a little bit challenging. Uh, I have been to other festivals where they have tried in the past to have a sort of radio channel for the festival and so on. Podcasts are just a really interesting creative art medium where you for telling stories, which obviously appeals to journalists, and for entertainment. The fact that podcasts have grown a lot in terms of consumption, in terms of the sheer number, is it just it's I think it reflects the fact that even without the pandemic, people were open to new discovery. And it's also that it's there's this something quite clever of at least in my own podcasters thing about the push marketing that occurs by a podcast, your favourite podcast landing in your phone and so on. If I take the campaign brand, and I think it's important, by the way, to say PodPod is a brand in its own right. Yes. It's not something, it, we, it, we sort of have positioned it as from the makers of campaign, but it's, a, it's, it's about the craft and business of podcasting. But what we felt was podcasting is a really interesting and quite young um, medium. And there, it so happens that quite a lot of people who've worked in it are, have worked in radio. And that they might still do a mixture of radio and podding and all the rest of it. So I think it's a great new, I say new, but it, it is for campaign and our parent company, Haymarket. Over the last year, it's been a great way to engage audiences, tell stories. And, you know, the reality is, is that print has declined as um, an important part of our overall business. And we want people to be able to be, take part in conversations and so on. So I have to say it's been a great thing to do. And I think this is the last thing I'd say as a journalist. It's been really interesting to set up a brand which is audio first, but there's a website that goes with it instead of there's a website with a podcast that goes with it. And our PodPod website and Adam Shepard, the editor, are you know, providing news, transcripts of the podcast and email bulletins and trying to make it a 360 brand, but with audio at the center. You, we probably wouldn't have thought to do that three or four years ago. That's really interesting because that's exactly the conversations that we have our client with our clients in that the, the podcast is the centre of of that comms channel in it. But there's a huge and very intrinsic relationship between all the other channels that, that surround it and the circularity of that kind of journey for the listener. You talked about the fact that particularly for marketing purposes, podcasts are quite young in the UK at the moment. Have you have you noticed podcasts being talked about more at events like this um, in a marketing context? There's definitely some more conversations about it. I have to be honest and say that Adam is very good at asking questions at events like this and uh, from the floor I'm talking about and he's uh, been moderating as well. I think there's just a sense that it's a new medium in the sense of just, by the way, journalists are very good at writing about other journalists. So the the news agents has been an interesting uh, launch, very interesting. The um, rest is politics. They've been interesting examples of where it feels like a podcast is a new and useful addition to the sort of media diet yes so i think from into that extent 
it comes up organically or naturally. And again, just to give you a sort of specific example, we were just talking having a panel with um, Newsworks, which is the trade body for news news brands like you know the Daily Mail and the Guardian and so on. And we were talking on that panel about trust and trust in news brands and actually how there's been for advertising that appears uh, against those news brands the trust levels have gone up because there's actually there's problems with fake news and disinformation and so on and i asked what about podcasts from news brands yes because i was interested to know nearly every news brand in fact pretty much every news brand now has uh, a podcast you know do, do they have higher levels of trust associated with them uh, the short answer is that I don't think the data is there yet by the way you might have some <laughs> but the the real point I'm saying to you is is that there's a sense I think a genuine sense that audio is an interesting place to tell stories and I'll give you one more example Heineken I was talking to the marketer from Heineken on stage and what she said is it can be a really nice space to tell stories and she was talking about an example of when people are thinking about party occasions at home and that might be the right environment for Heineken to be pushing you know people to be getting Heineken for their party at home and you know there could be an entertaining podcast or some other sort of thing it might be your Eurovision party yeah the Bailey's example there with the Diageo brand absolutely yeah Yeah. it made me think of that as well I think how have the ad and creative industry reacted and responded to PodPod? Pod? Well, I think positively. I mean, I have to be honest and say I think that the advertising industry is very interested in all aspects of media. I think they see audio as an, you know, an, a growing, engaging, intimate space. I think it's still young in several other ways including measurement yes yes and to go back to what i was saying when you asked about big themes the a challenge for everyone in advertising is there are chief financial officers and others saying show me the numbers that prove this is delivering a return and everyone who works in podcasting myself included knows it's frustrating sometimes you don't know more about the, your listeners. And so I'm not saying that that's a, a negative exactly, but it's, it's proof that I think for advertisers, there's still work to do. I totally agree with you that it's sometimes hard to make the case as somebody in the marketing division of a company as to why you might spend the money on creating your own podcast rather than even advertising um, in somebody else's podcast. And I think part of that is this disparity in the data that's available because every platform reports things in different ways and people kind of have this hands over don't look at my data approach at the moment and I think what what's needed in, in the industry is for everybody to start sharing that data so that collectively we can make a bigger case for why and how podcasting adds value to a marketing campaign and what it brings to a campaign that other channels can't as you talked about that level of depth and nuance in conversation that you just can't get in a, a two-minute video or, or in a blog. I think that it comes back to almost where we started talking about the Ken Bruce situation, though, in that you can, there are other ways of measuring, and it's things like trust. So who presents your podcast if it's Ken Bruce? Does that bring an audience and a halo effect as a result of that? Or the, the inherent trust that certain news brands have and how you might use the halo effect of that. So I think it's not just reach and numbers, but it's also about, time spent and the quality of conversation that that you can have with with a client well i am not a marketer but i do think that 
there's something about owning your own media, owning your own experience, mm. and you know, actually creating an experience which can be through content. And podcasts generally are obviously not the most expensive things to make versus a TV show. And you know, I can understand it, it's like any media. You don't want to just add to the noise. But if you've got something good, and you know, I see this particularly in sort of the B2B space, yes, um, where you've got perhaps a small but very important audience, they really, they could listen for an hour or they could listen to a six-part series because they've got the appetite for it. And it might not be that you reach thousands of people, but even if you reach a small percentage of the right people who are business decision makers, <laughs> then well, I'll it's win-win. Yeah, I'll give you an example, okay? We say on the campaign podcast, okay, if a thousand people listen for 30 minutes, that's 30,000 minutes of engagement, right? Now, is that really? Well, I tell you what, it's definitely some engagement. And I've had examples where, say, a marketing manager at Tesco will ask me, when are you doing your pod, your review of the Christmas ads on your podcast? They're more interested in that kind of, how will you discuss it in this kind of format, rather than, well, even though they might still read the written version, yes, which, but it's, you can bring out a lot of nuance and storytelling in this kind of format. And it's and there's some data that says that podcast hosts are actually trusted more than celebrities and radio hosts and almost as much as friends and family, according to some latest ACAST research. And again, that comes down to, I think, collaborations between brands and content creators um, to create authentic content that, that people believe in a time when they sometimes feel they're being talked to or greenwashed at. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's a challenge, right? Every brand or individual brand, I'm talking about uh, I and uh, an individual podcaster, mm-hmm. knows that if they are involved in a brand partnership, that they need it to be authentic because there is a risk to yourself or your brand if you um, if it's a poor fit or it's a poor creative execution. And I think, uh, for better or worse, more more of us are sort of savvy about that. Doesn't mean we all get it right, but you know what I mean. There are obvious risks. Yeah, I think that yeah, there was one of the panels yesterday where um, a lady from a social media agency was saying that they turned down half as many jobs as they accept for exactly that reason. It's that 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 trust and authenticity goes both ways. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today, Gideon. I really, really appreciate it. And I look forward to some more sessions uh, today at Media360 in Brighton. Good. Well, I am enjoying talking to you about it. And I have to say, it's a really exciting time. Uh, And by the way, one thing we haven't really talked about at all is artificial intelligence. Uh, The only reason I say is that there's AI at nearly every conference and every sort of discussion about media. It's an exciting time. And overall... I think we're very lucky to live in a world where the barriers to entry are dropping. It doesn't mean that the quality is, is e- e- any easier to achieve. You've got to work hard to produce great stuff. We say that the great thing about podcasts is that anybody can make one, but also that might be one of the biggest challenges in podcasting is that anybody can make one. But I think the AI point is a really interesting one. We had a client call this week that was meant to last 30 minutes and went to two and a half minutes of research call for one of our um, podcasts about AI in particular and about the disruptive nature that is is coming, both exciting and, and scary, to be perfectly honest. And just thinking about, I mean, how easily we managed to create a deep fake of our host's voice with the 30-second sound sample. So there are huge potential for 
creativity within that space, but I think also in terms of potentially regulation and about how we should consider the responsibility that we have as storytellers and program makers. I'm happy to talk for two and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Gideon. Thank you. Welcome, Maisie McCabe, UK editor at Campaign. You're somebody, obviously, who will know all about Media360, being the people that are bringing it to us today. Um, I'd love to hear, first of all, about kind of your thoughts and takeaways from some of the conversations and talks that you've seen and heard over the last couple of days. Well, Media360 is quite special because it brings together kind of marketers, agencies and media owners in the same place to kind of discuss issues that basically they need to work together to fix. And so we had a session this morning which was about trust and how important trust can be and actually it's becoming an increasing important driver of kind of people choosing brands. So that was, I thought that was quite interesting. We also heard from Diageo, um, CMO of Diageo spoke very eloquently about their commitment to diversity and how it's resulting in business results. Yesterday we had a a sort of packed programme. I guess a sort of key takeaway, we we started slightly differently with a speech from some Havas London execs, so the Chief Creative Officer Vicky Maguire and and Britt Iverson, the CSO, who took us through kind of the thinking behind their campaign for Asda at Christmas last year, which starred Elf. And so it was kind of a nice burst of energy um, to kick off the day, which I think hopefully worked quite well. From the anecdotes that I've heard, it it went down really well. She's such a great storyteller as well. Yeah, she's a great character. I, I was in the Diageo conversation this morning and I thought it was really interesting about how, again, all the themes of the conference so far have kind of came up in that one conversation about sustainability, trust, and also about making sure that no matter which brand you're talking about, or sub-brand, that they kind of ladder up to that master brand and that whole kind of, for them, that celebration, that celebration of life with the Baileys campaign with Eurovision was was great. We're Fresh Air, we make podcasts for brands, and obviously our passion is audio and audio storytelling and kind of what audio can bring to a brand being in their marketing or anything else that helps tell their story. I'd love to hear your perspective on what you think audio does that potentially other channels don't. Well, it's interesting. I think there's lots of you know established research about the role of audio when it comes to the radio. Um, people like Radio Centre have done um, lots of research that shows the kind of, I think there's the emotional multiplier effect you yeah. get um, and then the kind of benefit, you kind of that sort of the love for the music or the podcast or whatever you listen to before carries right through into the to the advertising messages as well. My perception as as not a kind of audio specialist but as a media and marketing journalist is that the advertiser spend and um, kind of enthusiasm and hasn't necessarily followed the audience yet Um, but I think that's in terms of looking at podcast specifically but I think you know a little bit of that is to be expected it's a relatively new medium absolutely um, you know people you know need to be able to justify budgets um, to their CFOs and bosses and things and so I think it, it just takes a bit of time sometimes for that kind of architecture to kind of follow through and kind of allow people to spend more money on them yeah no absolutely I think we get the sense that data potentially is an issue in measurement, particularly in podcasting. Do you get that that sense? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, it, it, it doesn't, I think it probably suffers for being kind of 
a bit of something and a bit of something else. So it's kind of adjacent to radio, which has obviously got the, a long-established radar currency that they use, but it's also digital, so it could be measured. So you kind of, it's sometimes it's potentially that advertisers don't quite know which box or, you know, which budget they're sort of taking the money out of and what role it plays. Is it a sort of DR kind of medium that's getting people to kind of go out and buy something in a sale or is it about building kind of emotional connection with someone over a long time? Yeah. Obviously, it can do both. No, absolutely. And I I think it's about also people understanding how what it does that is different and how you measure those different things that it might not just be about reach but it might be about time spent and depth of engagement. Do you feel that brands and agencies are wanting to know a bit more about what role audio might play. It feels like we've kind of moved on from radio being a bit old-fashioned to radio kind of coming back into fashion, a bit commercial radio today in the radio. Yeah, yeah. Done, astoundingly. Biggest ever audience, I think, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Which is amazing, it's, yeah. It's, it is, it's phenomenal. Um, and so kind of that resurgence of commercial radio accompanied with this, what feels to us this interest in podcasts, which is, which is a growing trend. Is that reflected in your experience? Yeah, I think so. I definitely feel like within the media agencies, there's a lot of appetite and understanding of the role that audio can play. We struggle sometimes, if I'm honest, from a, you know, a creative standpoint. If we were just looking at sort of spot-type advertising yeah. rather than random podcasts or kind of more varied partnerships, you know, the, a lot of the radio ads last year were really quite functional. And so when we came to the end of the year and we were trying to do our top 10 audio ads Um, and we got to a a good list in the end but it didn't feel like there was kind of a wealth of riches and and I think it's a shame because if you look at you know radio ads when written beautifully are such an art and a skill and I think that they've maybe suffered from you know sort of attention being elsewhere there's kind of a you know newer shinier things maybe in the social space or the classic kind of adoration for the tv ad so it'd be really nice to kind of to get creatives more excited about kind of you know the skill and the craft that goes into the writing that's really interesting so my background is um i was head of audio at bbc creative so i yeah radio ads was kind of the short form audio storytelling and it feels like there's almost an education piece i think to do in the same way as we sometimes felt that and again no disrespect but if a tv creative was put on writing radio and didn't understand how radio and audio worked in a different way to TV in the same way that I wouldn't yeah. begin to profess to know how to write a great TV ad um, you don't make the best contextual use of the medium that you're using and I think it all comes down to understanding the context of the place in which you're telling the story and how to harness all the great values that each of those different mediums do in, the, in a different way to anything else yeah definitely and there's a sort of sense as well as kind of I don't want to you know be too negative but there's a there's a, a belief in some parts that almost because so UK-based creative agencies are often making ads that need to be international and so yes. in different Talk languages. Talk to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and also kind of, you know, be translated and, and dubbed and things. And so you have this sense that actually the craft of the writing has become less important. And that's why we have sort of lots of kind of TV ads that are montages and things. And so you've got this kind of downplaying of the craft of copywriting, yes. which then obviously has a knock-on effect to mediums where that's basically yeah. your whole kind of arsenal. No, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It's kind of people want one template to be able to work across so many different functions that you're not creating that tailored messaging that that radio and particularly radio is so good at I think it feels a little bit the same in podcasting is that my ambition is that 
podcasts for brands sit in the same space as anything else that sits at the um, British Podcast Awards in terms of creativity and, and content. And it's about how brands can understand that in the same way as a TV program is brought to you by car brand on Channel 4, for example, you can just bring great content to your listeners and it's brought to you by rather than being a 24-minute ad for that brand. And it doesn't have to be two people sat in a room chatting. Yeah. There's so much else that you can bring to audio storytelling. Well, I definitely saw one, I can't, I can't quite remember, I think it might be, did Ed Byrne do a walking one for South Eastern? Yes, we made that. Said, did you? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So I, li- I haven't listened to it, um, but I do live in South East London, so I was right. like, oh, that, that sounds cool. That's quite clever. That's yeah. Like, yeah, that was a good idea. It was, and I saw, I saw it on a, a, you know, on an outdoor, on one of the sites in um in a train oh great that's, but, that's um, really but that's a clever that is a clever thing because you want to encourage people to get out and see kent and so yeah use a talent and and kind of you know it's a it's an established format obviously people talking about and did you hear about it or know about it because you saw the poster i just saw the yeah the train okay. card basically yeah. yeah and i was like, oh, i should check that out that's another thing that we talk about a lot is that you can make an amazing podcast, but unless you tell people about it, nobody's going to find it because you don't find podcasts by accident. So it's, again, that piece about, okay, make the great content, but also understand that the budget, you've got to put behind it to tell people about it. And do you think that that's bigger opportunity then for brands is making their own podcasts rather than, like, spot ads on others? Our kind of mantra is build your own don't just rent space in somebody else's but you can't build your own without also telling other people about it so the two things kind of have that intrinsic relationship yeah. but it's again it's about making it a podcast as kind of the center of your campaign but then you harness all the other channels around it and you kind of if you've got an amazing person like Ed Byrne then how can you make use of their social media channels in an authentic way for him to then bring his audience to that podcast um, how do you use your paid and your socials you earned and, and kind of all that comes together as this kind of microclimate to, to yeah. create a circular journey for the, for the listener One of the things that came up in the Trust um, panel which they didn't actually have um, an answer for was is there, you know News brands obviously have this kind of high level of trust. Is that high level of trust then translated to their podcast platforms? And it feels that that's an area where there isn't any... You assume that that must be the case. But again, it would be good to have the research to demonstrate that. There is some recent research from ACAST that said that people trust podcast presenters more than they do radio presenters and that even as much as they would trust their own friends and family. And there was something in one of the panels I was saying to to Gideon earlier that um, a social influencer agency was saying that their people turn down half as many jobs as they do accept them because it's got to work both ways because for their own personal brand to remain effective they can't be seen to just be doing anything that doesn't fit what else they're doing I guess Um, and when we're talking to agents about okay they'll present the podcast but then what grid posts will they do and what stories will they put on the Instagram again all that just has to really carefully fit the the microclimate of that particular individual as well so I, I think I think podcasting is almost a form of influencer marketing in its own right but it has to be the right influencer being genuine and authentic about it yeah um do you think there are any brands that do audio really well at the moment mcdonald's seems to be there are are a few things that brands that still have that earworm jingle yeah yeah, they definitely got kind of a a kind of like their sonic branding i think i guess is the sort of use is good i mean I know it's quite cheesy, but I think the Just Eat ads are something that have really translated quite well. Absolutely. Like, I was actually here last year doing some exercise, and the Just I was listening to Kistry, and the Just the Katy Perry ad came on, and it was like one of those you know genuine moments where you like this is basically as fun as the songs. Yes, there have been some clever campaigns over the years where 
is it is it Wendy's maybe um, have kind of cr- collaborated with artists and created tracks and put them on Spotify and again it's it's I just think that collaboration opportunities are really interesting yeah it's so in terms of our, our big creative awards are called the big awards yeah. and this year we in the audio category we didn't actually have any radio ads which was a shame wow. so the one things we had were they were kind of sort of Spotify playlist type campaigns yeah um instead um and again I guess that comes back to my earlier point that it sort of feels like it's a an underserved kind of canvas I suppose for the word in it in some agencies especially because I, I don't doubt that the creatives themselves probably listen to loads of podcasts yeah and I think I think we'll probably end on the fact that it just feels like it's a hugely underexplored opportunity for brands to think about what audio can bring both in terms of creating a, a bigger voice for want of a better word for their existing activity but also what it does that um, other channels just can't um, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I've been speaking to Maisie McCabe, UK editor at Campaign Magazine at Media360 in Brighton. Lovely, thank you. There we go, the views from Campaign on one of their biggest events of the year. In our next episode, we'll be discussing the power of audio and tea with Yorkshire Tea. In the meantime, if you'd like to hear how other brands make successful podcasts, you can scroll through the past episodes of Fresh Ears. And if you'd like to go even further, you can contact us via our website, freshairproduction.co.uk. Goodbye, and thanks for listening. <laughs>